1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher.
0: Hi, this is Desi Jetikin.
1: It's October. That's,
0: that's right. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: It's Halloween month. <laughs>
0: Ooh, we need like spooky sound effects.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that before you came over. Like, should I insert something?
0: Oh, it's fine. We can just be like, ooh.
1: We we <laughs> make we do our own Foley work on this show and our own sound effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not that fancy, no. But weren't. we're very talented. <laughs> Jack of all
0: trades. Yeah. Uh, so. What that means is that we're starting our horror movie versus reality all month. Yeah. Um, do you want me to do Patreon? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> You're staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I will do Patreon now. Speaking of Patreon, we have a lot of uh, stuff up on Patreon. What is
1: Patreon?
0: It's a place where you can subscribe to our feed and get extra content as well as ad free episodes. Wow. Rachel. Um, and some of those bonus episodes are Halloween-related or haunted-related.
1: A lot of them are. There's
0: a lot of them. So you can uh, join, do a little search for haunted, scary, I don't know. We just, act- just roll on through them. Go act- to the October month.
1: <laughs> it's true. Every October for the last five years, we have done Patreon episodes that reflect the Halloween season. But we also have done a lot of creepy, unexplained mysteries as well. Like we did a two-parter on cursed objects from around the world. Yeah. That was fun.
0: So there's a lot of stuff there you can check out. Um, these people are all enjoying that content at this very moment. Probably. Wow. <laughs> and they are Sherilyn, Molly, Jacqueline, Chelsea, Karen, uh, Peregrine, tokes, Jada, Caleb, Stacy, Andrea, Megan, Sarah, Olivia, Trevor, Nikki, Elaine, Pedro, Glasgow, Adam. He must be from Glasgow. I wonder if he's
1: in the Glasgow crew.
0: Oh, maybe. It's Glasgow. I'll say it however I want, Rachel. I, no, I'm not.
1: It's not, for, it's not for you. I'm just saying. I don't want to get an email. Uh,
0: Holly, Mary, Jessica, Yoy uh, Legend, MK, Jenna Darlin. N- Natalie, Marin, Eliza, Ariana, Daniel, Rolanda, Ashley, Rachel, Kara, Kaylee, Sarah, Teresa, Krista, Megan, Nicole, Elsa, Rachel, Christina, Vicky, Allison, oops, sorry, I like accidentally opened it, Carmel, Jennifer, uh, Kirsten, Katie, Cecilia, KC, Kristen, William, Willow, Hannah, Mary, Stephanie, Lisa. I realized we had two weeks. Built up. Built up. Right. Thanks, guys. Thank you all so much. So if you want to subscribe to Patreon to get more more content as well as ad-free episodes, go to patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene, and then you can just put it right into your iTunes app. It's or, really easy. Or
1: whatever your podcast app is. Well, that's what I, I have. I assume.
0: I assume. Uh, It's pretty easy when you use uh, Apple Podcast. I'm assuming other people who don't have that can use it as well, right? We're just
1: saying if we can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah.
0: I was surprised how easy it was. That's the bar. Yeah. So if I can do it, you're right. All the dumb bitches (laughs) in the world (laughs) rejoice.
1: Speaking of dumb bitches.
0: Oh, she put her glasses on.
1: I, I, these are new. These are new as of today. I like these frames. I w- These are frames I would wear. I have never worn glasses in my life, Yeah, but I had an issue. <laughs> and according to the eye doctor, which I saw an eye doctor for the first time since childhood, I have one of my eyes is nearsighted and one of my eyes is farsighted.
0: Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I can't promise I'm, for your sake, Desi, I can't promise I'm going to s- keep these sexy glasses on during the whole show. Okay. Well, if you need them. I don't, I. it feels weird. Yeah, it feels wrong. And apparently that's a thing when you get new glasses.
0: It's difficult to adjust. There's like an adjustment period. I feel like
1: I'm inside of a fishbowl. Yeah. Like I feel like almost vertigo.
0: I mean, that's how I feel when I put them on for the first time. In general, there's like a little bit of an adjustment.
1: So they might not stay on. But anyway, this is all a new experience for me. So today, that's the real horror story. I mean, it is shocking looking at you right now. It's like distracting I'm not a glasses girl. I've never worn them before. But this is for, this is for reading specifically because I spend so many hours a week Staring at a screen, reading. But the other funny thing is you you got like truly some of the biggest frames.
0: <laughs> so they're very noticeable. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're not like the kind that kind of blend in at all. Here's the reality. I don't look good with those teeny tiny frames. Oh, me either. I like big. I mean, my glasses are all big. You also have you, you four eyes. You yeah. also have them big Big ones. and tortoise shelly. We do the same yeah. style. <laughs> I
1: thought they were very chic. No, I like they them. They just came in. I want them. Well, you should get them, yeah. and we can be matching. (laughs) We can be matching. (laughs) Oh, boy. The glasses, bitches. Uh, Anyway, I don't... I. I, Okay, whatever. They might come off halfway through the show, because I'm really not used to these. This is so interesting. Uh, I hope you're just hitting fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. No one is. They're riveted. (laughs) (laughs) So, our first story for Halloween month 2022 is... 1408 versus reality. Okay. Have you seen 1408? No.
0: It's I haven't. good. I think
1: it, you would like it.
0: I want to watch it, actually. When you first mentioned it, I thought it was like, uh, <laughs> this sounds very dumb, bitch. But I was like, is that the year when the pilgrims came?
1: No, does he? <laughs> no. Oh my God. <laughs> First of all, you're thinking of 1492.
0: I knew, I know, I, I know the right information, but my first reaction was like, "What is that?" Pilgrims? Desi? Desi? Uh,
1: so yeah, I had, I didn't know. I've never heard of this movie, but I. Like- oh, and before anyone corrects me, I know that the Pilgrims didn't come in 1492. It was the 1600s. We're just. I, I'm I'm saying that that year. Maybe you thought
0: no, I was all discombobulated. Okay, uh, but I ha- I do like John Cusack movies with numbers, so I probably will like this one. Wait, what other numbers? Wait, wasn't he twenty twelve? Oh yes, he. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, maybe I'm
1: wrong about that too. <laughs> yeah, twenty twelve is a banger. I know this movie. I actually saw this when it came out in the theaters, and it's a it's based on a Stephen King short story. Oh, okay. I really like Stephen King. That's right, because it's a writer. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the only difference is this story actually does not take place in Maine.
0: Yes, but he often has like writers as his protagonist. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. It's either a writer or it's in Maine or it's both. Yeah, yeah. And I get it, right what you know. Absolutely. He's very successful. <laughs> so this... Story is about a writer who writes about paranormal stuff but is a skeptic he's not he's not a true believer right so he learns about this hotel called the dolphin in new york city and he learns about their haunted room which is room 1408 and so john cusack's character in the movie is like yeah i'll I'll go. It's I'll stay there. It's bullshit. Yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson plays like the hotel manager and he's like, Ooh. he's like, dude, you're going to die in that room. Wow. I mean, I don't know if he says that, but he's like, <laughs> basically that's the gist of it. It's been a while since I saw the movie. Yeah. It's been a few, cause I've seen it a few times, but anyway, he's like, you're going to die if you go in that room. It's like really haunted. And he didn't lie. That room is one of the most haunted rooms I've ever seen. It's bad. Yeah. And John Cusack then becomes a true believer. Okay. That's what it takes sometimes. I'm not giving anything away, but that's like the premise of the movie. So Stephen King, when he originally wrote the story, he apparently based or was inspired by, because a lot of these are just inspirations. This isn't, of course, based on a true story, but he was inspired by a 1992 paranormal investigation into the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego. Oh, I read a lot of old newspapers for this episode, some dating back to the 1800s, a lot of them actually. And I also read some of a book, which I will mention further on down the episode. Okay. San Diego's Hotel Del Coronado is one of America's most famous hotels. It became a historical landmark in 1977. Its past guests include celebrities, royals, and politicians. The sprawling beachside resort opened in 1888, just a few years after the town of Coronado was established, and the hotel's original wooden Victorian architecture still stands today. Have you seen a picture of this? I've
0: been to this hotel. What? I mean, I didn't stay
1: there, but I
0: wanted to see it. Yeah. And I drove... I went to San Diego and I was like, oh, let's drive to Coronado. I want to see that hotel. Uh, It's very nice. Like, I would love to stay there. It's kind of like, my memory is that it's on like a separate little piece of land. It's a peninsula. Yeah. So it's like this little separate from San Diego. Uh, So it's like on both sides, there are water. Right. Uh, So it was kind of difficult to get to. You had like one route to go, Um, but it was very cute uh, area. Yeah. Uh, and the hotel obviously is like my, I would love to stay there. Yeah. It's, it's very like quaint and old, but it's
1: huge. It's huge.
0: And it's just right in, right on the ocean. Like, but
1: they kept all the, like all that original architecture. It's one of those things where you look at pictures of it today and then you look at pictures of it from when it first opened and it's like, Oh, totally. It's still Victorian as hell. Yeah. It's very fancy. The Dell, as it's sometimes referred, has been featured in a number of films and TV shows, including Some Like It Hot and My Blue Heaven. When Stephen King wrote his short story, 1408, he took inspiration from the hotel's haunted history, specifically the investigations done by parapsychologist Christopher Chacon. King's short story was then turned into a movie of the same name in 2007, starring John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. In this episode, we will tell the true tale of the woman who is said to haunt the hotel and room 3327, where she stayed. Now, at the time she stayed there, the room was called 302, and since then it has changed the, the name of the or the number of the room has changed a bunch of times.
0: But it was never fourteen oh
1: eight. It was <laughs> 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 No, Steve that was purely from Stephen King's brain. Okay. It was never fourteen oh eight, but it was always something with like a three in it. Yeah. You know they
0: changed I mean that's another thing with him, like the hotel and the room number, right? Because in the shining there's that one room that's yeah. kind of haunted. With the old lady? Yeah. Yeah. What was that room? Two thirteen?
1: I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) On the evening of, of November 28th, 1892, a storm was raging on the southern coast of California. One of the guests at the Hotel Del Coronado, a woman dressed in black with a lace shawl covering her head, went out onto the veranda to look out at the ocean. The following morning, the hotel's electrician was, ma- was walking on the western end of the veranda when he found the woman's lifeless body lying on the steps that led to the beach. She was dead of a gunshot wound to the head. <gasps> Whoa. The gun lying next to her outstretched hand. Oh. The rain from the night before had washed away much of the blood, but the bullet wound to the temple was still visible. It was determined that she had been dead between five to seven hours, meaning that she died the night before and just stayed out there all night. Right. The woman's body was swiftly removed by the coroner before any of the guests woke up. It was discovered that the deceased woman had checked into the hotel four days earlier on Thanksgiving Day under the name Lottie A. Bernard. A few days later... The woman was identified not as that name, Lottie, but by a different name. They're like, wait. That's not. She signed in by this name. Yeah. But this is actually 24-year-old Kate Morgan. Oh, she's young. She was young. There was a woman who existed named Lottie A. Bernard, but she was alive and well and living in Detroit. Hmm. So this Kate lifted that name. Yeah, A Mr. Grant of Los Angeles said that Kate Morgan had worked for him as a housemaid. He said that he last saw her on the evening of November 23rd and that she stated she would return the next day, but she never did. He produced the trunk that she had left behind at his house to be examined by the police. Of course, she didn't return the next day. She checked into the Hotel Del Coronado and then she stayed for four days before dying by gunshot wound presumably by her own hand. Mr. Grant reported that, had reported Kate missing with the Los Angeles police mm-hmm. when she didn't show up for work. Inside the trunk that she had left behind, police discovered a tin box bearing the name Louise Anderson. Inside this box were photographs, including photos of two different men, one older one believed to be in his 50s and one younger one in his 30s. The Los Angeles Herald surmised that this man, the one in his 30s, might have been a husband who had abandoned her. Ooh. I mean, do you have to remember, this is Victorian era. Right. The fact that a woman was traveling alone and checking into a hotel alone. Obviously, Especially that young. Yeah, obviously she must have been ruined yeah. in some way. She probably had a husband who ditched her. It was a very scandalous thing. Right. I'm
0: honestly surprised that... There wasn't some weird law where a woman could stay in a hotel by herself or right. couldn't. Because remember like credit cards, you weren't allowed to have a credit card until yeah. t- very late, uh, like the 70s or something. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, so it's like, it's surprising she was able able to even get a room on her own.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that was definitely a lot of these newspaper articles, obviously a lot of them mentioned or they speculated like, oh, she must have been um devastated because she was alone she must have been ruined she was spurned in some way by right. her, by her husband yeah. abandoned so they they surmised this newspaper surmised this this one in, this younger man this photograph they found in her trunk must have been the husband who abandoned her sure enough though a marriage certificate was found stating that she had been married and it said on december 30th 1885 thomas morgan wed kate farmer in hamburg iowa among these photographs of the two men were also photos of young children hmm kate was dressed in fine clothing during her stay at the hotel and appeared to come from money she didn't bring any luggage with her just her purse which was also very odd right and she's like this seemingly wealthy la- wealthy lady but she's only bringing a purse. But it was learned that she had attempted to retrieve a few pieces of luggage from the train station in San Diego, but she was denied by the clerk because she didn't have the claim checks for her baggage.
0: Oh, that's irritating.
1: That must have been so annoying.
0: Right, because you said that people noticed she dressed in nice clothing. Right. Where did she get... Did she have a a change in her purse or something?
1: Well, she... Or just one outfit? (laughs) Apparently... (laughs) <laughs> I guess she wore the same black Victorian dress yeah. for four days in a row. I
0: mean, I guess back then, one black dress is another
1: <laughs> They wore a lot of black dresses in the Victorian era. Yeah, and I, I wonder how often people changed their outfits back then.
0: Probably not very often because there's no such thing as like washing machines and stuff, right? Yeah. It I, was like probably a bigger process to clean things.
1: Plus those garments are seem so heavy,
0: Right, they're always like wool, so you have to probably delicately wash them, and it's a paint And to dry them, it's all air dry.
1: Yeah, it takes like four days for it to yeah, dry. Totally, it's like a wet. Also, dog. they don't have like Nordstrom yet no. for her to just pop in, no. and be like, I need to buy some pants.
0: <laughs> also, <laughs> she probably she probably
1: wouldn't be wearing slacks at that time anyway. So when she's trying to retrieve her baggage at this train station, but getting denied. She told the clerk that her brother had the receipts, but she had gotten separated from him. And he's like, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, rules are
1: rules. That's not my problem, lady. (laughs) So she only brought her purse with her when she arrived at the hotel. When they looked inside her purse after she died, they found $16 as well as a telegram from somebody named Mr. Allen from Iowa saying that he would send her money. When contacted, Mr. Allen said that he sent her $25 out of pity as her husband was a gambler. Ooh. And he felt, he's like, I felt bad for her, so I sent her some money. That's, yeah. That was a lot of money back then. Yeah. That was like $500. Whoa. According to the other maids who worked with Kate at Mr. Grant's house in Los Angeles, she was cagey about her past. She didn't open up to any of these women. The only thing she offered up was that she had married a gambler and that it didn't go well. So that's like two people confirming her husband was a gambler. Yeah. A newspaper from Hamburg, Iowa would later state that Kate had not been living with her husband for several months. So clearly something happened. Investigators noticed that it seemed Kate had tried to hide her identity as told by the names she had obscured on the photographs, like she had scratched names out and cut them out. Oh. The only thing that identified her was this marriage certificate she had left behind. Right. And also while staying at the hotel, Kate had burned a stack of papers in her bedroom or in the room. Oh. And they're like, why'd she there must have been something damning in there if she's burning all the all this paper. To
0: burn it is really extra. You could just rip it up and throw it
1: away or something. It's like a dramatic process. Mr. Grant described her as an excellent employee. So it was obviously shocking that she failed to show up to his house on Thanksgiving when clearly he would need some help. So
0: she was a personal maid for him?
1: Yes. Okay. She mostly kept to herself at the hotel, but had several conversations with the housekeeper who tended her room. Kate had complained about being sick. She claimed to be suffering from stomach cancer and heart disease. Whoa. Now, the coroner would later determine she did not have these problems. Her official cause of death was ruled suicide. Investigators speculated that Kate had attempted to take her own life two days before her body was found by drowning herself in the bath. Whoa. After spending an hour in the bathtub, she called for the bellboy to massage her head. They do that? (laughs) (laughs) That is what it said in the newspaper. Can
0: you imagine that request? Also, how do you drown yourself? Okay. That sounds really difficult unless you're like, you know, taking pills or something, right?
1: This was just speculated because she... Told the housekeeper that she was going to take a two hour long bath. And the housekeeper was like, I don't think that's such a good idea if you have like stomach cancer. I don't know why that would matter, but that's what the housekeeper said. Or if you're ill in some way, maybe. Yeah, she's like, two hours out. I mean, first of all, the water is going to get cold after like 30 minutes.
0: And you can't even refresh it back in those days. You have to like boil the water. (laughs)
1: Like, do you know what I mean? Like, now you can kind of add more hot water. Yeah, I don't know what the faucet plumbing situation was.
0: It's the eighteen hundreds. It's probably not great. <laughs>
1: <It's>, <laughs> but she did apparently ask the bellboy to massage her head at some point, which again, they do that. I don't know. But another paper said that she asked the bellboy to wash her hair. Oh. Which seems even more scandalous considering, well, obviously Is she naked? Is she yeah. n- <laughs> naked in the tub?
0: And he I just picture him going like trying to peek below the bubbles or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that is like a level of service I don't think.
0: Well they're so like prudish during this period it's wild that a male would be allowed in the room with this young woman. Alone. Alone. It's just, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. The bellboy said that he noticed something was off about her. He said that Kate had been expecting her brother to meet her at the hotel but he never arrived. So she was frequently talking about how she was waiting for her brother hmm. to meet her there. She was getting increasingly upset that he wasn't showing up. Kate claimed that her brother was a doctor by the name of M C Anderson. That's M period period. Mm-hmm. Not like he's a rapper.
0: <laughs> MC Anderson at <not> the
1: Coronado. <laughs> yo, yo. He was from Minneapolis. She was very upset he hadn't shown up and she told the bellboy, oh, no one comes to me anymore. Why would he have the tickets? The brother? If he wasn't even there. <laughs> they She claimed that they were like traveling down together yeah. And but, they got separated. And he went back to Minneapolis? That's just where he was from. Oh, I
0: see. So he was somewhere in Southern California, supposedly.
1: Apparently. Okay. Look, the reality <laughs> is a lot of this woman's story- Doesn't add doesn't up. Doesn't add up. Yeah. And she kept asking about her brother. Okay. And she, Yeah. So, I mean, again, she's getting very personal with this bellboy. She's, like, telling him, I mean, I, usually they just leave as soon as they bring your shit up. Yeah. And he's just like,
0: I don't get paid enough
1: for this. Maybe like, he was hot. Who knows? Oh yeah. The bellboy, whose name was Harry West, testified at the coroner's inquest that Kate seemed to be in a great deal of pain and she slept a lot. He said that he would find her waking up groaning.
0: So he really stayed in that room with her.
1: <laughs> On Monday, November 28th, Kate traveled downtown via ferry and purchased a gun and some bullets at Chick's Gun Shop. She told the salesman that she was buying the gun for a Christmas present to a friend. Oh.
0: Later, imagine someone giving that to you for
1: Christmas. That seems like a threat. Here's a gun. Like, you'd have to really know they were like a
0: collector. Because it's a very odd gift if they aren't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it would have to be like a special gun. Yeah. Like bedazzled or something. Yes. So she goes down to this gun shop, and this is the day that she dies. Later that evening, Harry West, the bellboy, saw Kate out on the veranda at 6.30 p.m., and then the following morning, her body was found. Prior to working for Mr. Grant in Los Angeles, Kate stayed at the home of a guy named W.F. Farmer who might have been a relative of hers because they had the same last name, but wasn't very clear. In a telegram he sent to police, he stated that he did not believe that the Kate that he knew would take her own life. He said he knew Kate and her family for many years back in Iowa, and this was just out of character for her. He claimed that she traveled to Los Angeles for her health, as a lot of people did in those days, uh, he said she was suffering from rheumatism. The Los Angeles Times printed his telegram that he sent to the police, and after they after the printing of his telegram, they remarked like, "Well, he's clearly mistaken because this woman definitely killed herself." Yeah, they refuted his claims, but he they were like, "He's just in denial." Kate's grandfather who was described as a wealthy man from Iowa, sent a telegram to the coroner's office in San Diego that had a very curt, short message. It said, Your telegram regarding Kate Morgan, me, Farmer. Bury her and send me the statement. Oh. So she was buried in San Diego. Like, and he's she, like, just send me the bell.
0: <laughs>
1: Stop. <laughs> Yeah, I found found that so odd. She didn't have like family members have them ship the body back to Iowa. Or even go there to see what was happening. No, nobody showed up. That she
0: was right. No No one one shows up for her.
1: I want to know what happened. Yeah, me too. What did she do? So before Kate was positively identified... It was speculated that the woman who died by suicide at the Hotel Del Coronado was actually a woman named Lizzie Wiley of Detroit. So this is like a few days before the newspapers were like, okay, we we she's the positive ID, it's Kate Morgan. Right. They at first speculated it was this woman named Lizzie Wiley. Lizzie had been missing. She hadn't been heard heard from for over a month since she told her mother she was leaving to look for work and may head as far as California. Lizzie was coming from Detroit. Lizzie had been having an affair with her coworker who was a married man. His name was John Longfield. Both her and John left the Detroit area within days of each other. But this claim was put to rest when Lizzie turned up alive in Toronto. Hmm. Now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some conspiracy theories about this. Okay. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials?
0: Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/hollywoodcrime scene. That's rocketmoney.com/hollywoodcrime scene.
1: Now we told you the facts of the case. As laid out in the newspaper accounts, and this is that is like the official story, right? From the hotel, I tried to get the hotel's official book on this, but they don't have an ebook. I thought you were going to say you tried to get a statement from.
0: Them.
1: Yeah, right. Like I, I contacted, like, the, I, like I
0: gave them a chance to give their side of the story. They did not respond to my text or email.
1: Can you imagine? So. There have been many people over the years who have tried to like piece together this mystery because it is odd. A lot of it I chalk up to shitty journalism from the late 1800s. It's also just there's
0: no information. Like now we have cell phone records, email records. People know where people are going in the country. Right. You don't just leave your family and be like, well, I'm heading west. (laughs) Like, right. Do you know what I mean? There's more communication. I just think it's. Harder for someone to disappear when they're connected to people. Obviously, you can if you're sort of not connected, it's easy to disappear. But it's just, it's like something you notice right away.
1: Right. Uh, and we know who people are more. There's like a digital
0: footprint. Also,
1: we have DNA evidence. And, you know, back then it was like, here's a drawing of the suspect. And it was like, you don't know what you're going to get. And there's just delays. Yes.
0: Like they're getting these telegrams. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like all of that makes a huge difference.
1: So in the book called Dead Move, Kate Morgan and the Haunting Mystery of Coronado, author John T. Cullen is adamant that the woman who died at the hotel that November of 1892 was Lizzie Wiley, the girl who had gone missing from Detroit.
0: The one who they found in Toronto? Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: He believes that Lizzie was a pawn in Kate Morgan's scheme to blackmail the owner of the hotel. Oh. And she wound up dead. Hmm. Okay. I talked to you last night about this book. Yeah. And it was very confusing for me. Because, partially because this Kate Morgan woman who died at the hotel did have so many aliases. And because, like we just said, these stories that take place during this time period when you're going through mostly newspaper accounts can be tricky to follow. Yeah. Because names are often misspelled in these old newspapers. A lot of information is incorrect and they don't have like the, we regret to, an earlier statement said this and we got it wrong. They don't have corrections. They just let it fly.
0: Like, that's it.
1: And there's a lot of sensational coverage, obviously. So... I found this book very confusing for me, but I'm going to give you the gist of this theory. theory that Cullen lays out. He he He's done a lot of research about this. Cullen believes the ghostly woman who has appeared to many visitors during their stays at the Hotel Del Coronado is Lizzie trying to communicate the truth about her identity. Cullen describes Lizzie as a beautiful airhead who was... <laughs> who was taken advantage of by her lover, John, as well as her friend, Kate Morgan. He says that Lizzie was pregnant and spurned by her lover, John Longfield. He believes that Kate Morgan cooked up a plot to convince the owner of the hotel, Sugar Baron and industrialist John Spreckles, that he was the father of her child, so she could extort money from him.
0: Ooh. I forgot, remember I covered that case, the Spreckles Mansion.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, so he's like the owner of that mansion, original.
1: He, well, the hotel? Uh, no, the, the, oh, the John Spreckles. Spreckles. Man- yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. But he also owned, he was a co-owner of this hotel.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, and he was obviously very wealthy, like one of the wealthiest guys in America This author, John T. Cullen, he lays out the case that he was at the center of this mystery. I mean, they usually are
0: those rich oil barons, sugar. Like they usually are involved in some shady shit.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's, I don't know if he was involved in this because I do tend to believe that this was just a tragic case of a woman taking her own life Yeah, and there wasn't some grand conspiracy behind it. But obviously, it's not the first time, or there wouldn't be the first time something like this has happened, or the last. Yeah, that someone has staged a suicide. Or that somebody very wealthy was able to cover something up. Oh, totally. Or be at the center of it, yeah. whatever. So <laughs> he thinks he was being extorted by Kate Morgan. Then he says, then after Lizzie killed herself at the Coronado, he believes John Spreckles helped cover up the extortion plot by saying it was Kate Morgan who died. I don't really see why that would make it better. I, I don't either. Yeah. That's what I couldn't understand. Cullen believes that Kate Morgan could could have had prior contact with John Spreckles as she had traveled about the country for work and mingled with society. Hmm. Cullen's theories about Kate Morgan are not the only ones. There's apparently another theory that says she was the mistress of a sea captain and that when she was staying at the hotel, the wife of the sea captain killed her. Ooh, That's an interesting one.
0: And that's why she was looking at the sea
1: (laughs) that night. Pining for her lover. Yeah,
0: that's like an old sea shanty. This it's like, is... <laughs> right? Or it's that song, Brandy. Brandy? Yeah. You know that song? It's like from the 70s. She's like, her only love is the sea. That's what that's about? I, something like that. Brandy, you're a fine girl. I hate that
1: song. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I don't like that song. It's fine, whatever. It is what it is. In 1989, <laughs> this is my favorite. Okay. This is my favorite of the theories. 19, Not, what What year? 1989. Okay. I'm going to tell you this guy. In 1989, an attorney from San Francisco named Alan May decided he was going to get to the bottom of all of this. Mm, he was sick of this shit. He was... <laughs> <laughs> he decided he was going to get to the bottom of all of this after he had had a paranormal experience while staying at the hotel. Ooh. He's like, this ghost... Clearly wants to tell me something, and I'm not buying the hotel's official story. No. We have a connection. He literally thought they had a connection. (laughs) The LA Times wrote an article about him in 89. There's a picture of him standing at the gravesite of Kate Morgan looking very serious.
0: Just pontificating. Yeah. And that's the grave that the grandfather paid for callously.
1: Yes. (laughs) Now, the headstone that he's looking down at in the picture, he bought it. Oh, Kate was previously buried in an unmarked grave. So that's even more callous of the grandfather. Yeah. Just bury the bitch. Just put it in a
0: fucking hole. I'm going (laughs) to pay for a memorial tomb.
1: (laughs) You know, plaque. So Alan May thought that this was outrageous, so he bought his own headstone and little angel statue. Okay, he didn't have to go that far. (laughs) <laughs> the newspaper said he paid $800 for it oh my god which in 1989 money
0: that's a lot of money that's
1: inflated yeah. now yeah so this guy shelled out a lot of cash he visits this grave site regularly wow I don't know if he still does I don't know where he is today so is
0: his connection with Kate or yes. Lizzie no. Okay. Kate,
1: that's just that's uh-huh. okay, forget Lizzie. Okay. That's just one theory. That that's this, a theory. Yeah. Officially it's
0: Kate, and that is the ghost he saw and has a connection with. He Kate. has a
1: connection with her, Kate Morgan. Alan used to be a Nixon White House aide. He was also a Green Beret. Mm. And he became so obsessed with this case that he wrote his own pamphlets about it. So he's a loser. No. <laughs> You know when somebody's writing pamphlets, it's, like, very serious. Look,
0: like, pamphlets exist for a reason. Like, if you're in a hotel, they have little pamphlets of what you can do in the area. But if you're making pamphlets yourself, that's a problem.
1: To communicate... (laughs) Specifically, if you're making pamphlets to communicate a theory about something... That's, like,
0: tinfoil hat type stuff. At
1: least make a book. Yeah. Don't do a pamphlet because no one's going to take you seriously.
0: No, they're going to like pick their teeth with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, though, because Alan describes himself as a bizarre eccentric. So he knows. Look, you can't hurt him. He already admits he's a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) One archivist at the San Diego Historical Society where Alan became a member of said this of Alan. He's the type of guy who would walk out of here and someone would say, who's that guy? He looks like he's working on 20 cups of coffee at all times.
0: (laughs) Wait, is Alan from San Francisco? Yes. So he just comes to San Diego a lot or he moved there? No,
1: he was staying at this hotel and he had this experience. And then he moved to San Diego or he just visits a lot? I guess so. Okay. Or he became a member of this society and visits. I mean, it's not that far if he flew like
0: every weekend or something.
1: Right. So after seeing the ghostly vision of Kate Morgan during his stay at the hotel, Alan became convinced that she was calling on him to reveal her true story. Alan said, perhaps the lady wanted a lawyer. Funny. He's a lawyer. (laughs) He's a funny guy. (laughs) Alan proceeded to embark on an extensive research journey into the life and death of Kate. He found that Kate and her husband, Tom, were traveling the country together scamming people. One of their cons was that they would go out gambling, and Kate would flirt with one of the guys at the table and distract him, and then Tom would be able to take all the guy's money. Nice. Kate and Tom were said to have been posing as brother and sister. Oh. So to him, that explains why she was searching for her brother. Yeah. Yeah. Then he said Kate became pregnant, but Tom didn't want a child, so she left him. So they split up in Orange County, and Kate continued on the train down to San Diego, where she checked into the hotel under an assumed name. She expected her husband would eventually join her, but he never did. That's why she kept telling people, like, I'm looking for my brother.
0: We're- um, they're going to con people at the hotel? Possibly. Like, was that the plan?
1: I mean, I do agree. Like, there was something fishy about this lady. I mean, there had to have been a reason she signed into the hotel under an assumed name.
0: Also, it's it's expensive hotel. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm sure it was then, too.
1: That's uh, the other thing that's odd to me about this woman's story because, by all accounts, she appeared to be someone who came for money, But then she worked all these housekeeping jobs. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Is it because she came from... Possibly she came from money and when she left her family, including her husband, she was just out on her own?
0: Or they possibly cut her off when she was involved with this guy. And then maybe uh, they scammed people, but he also lost a lot of money and she just got a job to kind of
1: have income. It's sort of like, I imagine them like the 1800s Jimmy and, and Kim. Yeah, like she's the
0: responsible one because you know he won't get some low-level job no. if they need money, but she would do
1: it. Right. Yeah. They're just going around the country conning people and being hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she was described, by the way, by a lot of newspapers as like beautiful Except for the Los Angeles Herald, printed some really mean stuff about her.
0: What'd they say? They're like, she's
1: got big ears and a weird Ooh. face. Wow. People, Did you see
0: a picture of her? Uh,
1: there is a picture of her that's like supposedly like the one, she's like the one picture of her. But right. there are drawings of her, like, guests at the hotel who have seen her apparition have drawn photos of her. Ooh. And it's the classic Victorian ghost. Yeah. With the little tiny bun on top of the head. Yeah. And like the high necked dress.
0: Yes. I also like that she had the um, black cloak or shawl on
1: her head. Yeah. It was a black lace shawl. (laughs) And she was dressed in black. She's like, I'm ready to be a ghost. I got the outfit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're going to die and come back as a ghost, that's like the perfect outfit. Yeah. Absolutely. The only other option would have been like a white robe. Or a white nightgown. A gauzy nightgown. A gauzy yeah. white nightgown. This is the other perfect option. So Alan May, this lawyer, believes that Kate was murdered and that it was Tom who burned all of her papers at the hotel. Oh, Alan thinks that she bought the gun to kill her husband, but the husband killed her first.
0: Now, did the autopsy reveal that she was pregnant?
1: I've seen that a lot, that she was pregnant in real life.
0: So she was really pregnant. Yeah. Okay.
1: Historian Richard Carrico told the LA Times that he believes Kate Morgan and Lizzie Wiley met on the train traveling from Los Angeles to San Diego and switched identities.
0: That's like a Hitchcock
1: movie. Yeah. (laughs) What is that, Strangers on a Train?
0: Well, there is that movie. I don't know if they exactly switch identities, but they take each other's murders. Yes. Yeah.
1: Whatever happened, Kate Morgan's spirit has lived on at the Hotel Coronado throughout many ghost sightings over the years. In that same 1989 LA Times article, the hotel's communications office guy said, any self-respecting Victorian hotel should have a ghost. And I agree. True. True. Guests have reported strange noises, lights flickering, and many have seen the apparition of Kate in her black Victorian dress. In 1983, a Secret Service agent for then-Vice President H.W. Bush was shaken to his core during a paranormal experience at the hotel. He was watching the TV when a program came on about the haunting of Kate Morgan's room at the Hotel Del Coronado. It came on the TV? (laughs) What are the chances? It's like out of like in a movie, yeah. When they turn on the TV and it's the exact news report they or, want, yeah. A killer is on the loose. <laughs> Beware! And it, and it killed your child. Yeah. He then came to the horrific realization while he's watching this program that he was staying in the ver- in that room. Oh, and he freaked out, ran down to the desk, and was like, "I need to be moved."
0: I would think the hotel would be like, don't play anything that's going to show that documentary.
1: (laughs) We have to block all channels. In a 1987 article from the Times Advocate out of Escondido spoke about the haunted going-ons at the hotel, saying that the housekeepers did not like having to clean Kate's room. One housekeeper named Irma DeAnda said, nobody cleans it themselves. Nobody goes in alone. They hear things. Some have sensed somebody looking at them. Irma recalled one time she was cleaning the room. She left for a moment to go get soap to put in the bathroom. And when she returned, she found a pile of dirt on the dresser.
0: A pile of dirt?
1: Yeah. Hmm. It was the ghost. Yeah. Do you think employees prank each other? Oh, yeah. They have to, right? Right. Once in the 1970s, a room service guy brought a bottle of wine up to a woman in Kate's room. But then he later learned that no one had checked into that room. (gasps) And he's like, well, then who'd I bring the wine to?
0: A ghost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, no one stayed in that room for months. That's a classic ghost story.
0: Th- that's the reveal
1: at the end. That she honestly, doesn't exist. That, <laughs> that I think that is like my favorite ghost story. That, that style. That yeah. That story. Where that
0: specific story. No, not that, that kind one. of story. But
1: that yeah. That. Where you're
0: dealing with a human being, and then all of a sudden you realize that they were a ghost the whole time. Yeah. That's like the Large March story. Yeah. From Peewee's Big Adventure. It's a
1: classic. Yeah.
0: I never get tired of it. Because you're spending a lot of time with them. Right. So you have like a real connection. So then you have to like rethink everything that happened.
1: When somebody tells you that was my son and he died six years ago. He died 16
0: years ago on this very day.
1: (laughs) Frightening. Yeah. To me. By the way, that room service guy, he described the woman he brought the wine to as wearing a black Victorian dress.
0: I mean, that should have stood out to him right away don't you think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless it was like a Gunny Sacks dress, I feel like that would raise an alarm.
0: Right. Although maybe he was just like, rich people are different. Yeah. They just wear that kind of shit. They <laughs> <laughs> At least she didn't ask him to massage her scalp. A
1: 1990 article spoke to then front desk manager, Steve Miller. And he said, a lot of people who stayed in this room felt like they were being watched. They felt like there were eyes looking at them all the time. They were very uncomfortable. The article then goes on to say that some people believe that the ghost who haunts the hotel isn't Kate Morgan, but a mistress of the hotel's original owner. Now, the owner they're talking about isn't John Spreckles, but Alicia Babcock, who is a guy. He was running things back in the late 1800s before Spreckles stepped in to invest money. Okay. Christopher Chakin and his team visited the hotel in 1992. They investigated rooms on the third and fifth floors. One of the rooms they investigated was Kate's housekeeper's room, which they found to be very haunted, mm. like even more than Kate's room. They surveilled these sites for 24 hours a day for 12 months. Damn! And they brought with them like, all of that ghost hunter equipment—the e-meter, <laughs> yeah—they brought that. They brought the infrared lights. They brought the um the the ghost box or the whatever. proton pack. They brought the proton pack to catch the ghosts.
0: The phone that you talk to oh, the ghosts with.
1: Wait, what's the phone? <laughs> there's a famous
0: phone. I only think one person has it, but there's ways to communicate with the ghosts where it's like. They're like, that's, Kate Morgan did it.
1: Right. Or they're like, he said Jimmy. I heard Jimmy. It never sounds like that.
0: No. But then once they say what it sounds like, you're like, yeah, I kind of hear it.
1: This is from the Hotel Del Coronado's website. They they have like a post on their site oh. about this investigation. They said every aspect was analyzed, including temperature, electrostatic emissions, air current and air content, electromagnetic and geomagnetic spectrum, all types of radiation, vibration and movement, air pressure and humidity, and spectrum of light, among many others. Additionally, 1,100 people were confidentially interviewed, consisting of hotel guests, day visitors, hotel employees, workers, and contractors. Half of those interviewed had reported a wide variety of unexplainable events, and the other half were randomly selected, all of them undergoing a myriad of scientific examinations, interviews, and assessments. So the findings revealed that an incredible amount of paranormal activity including moving furniture, water faucets turning on and off, shadows, windows opening and closing, cold air, voices, footsteps, and more. Though Christopher Chaykin's findings suggest that the maid's room was the most haunted, Kate's room has been the site of plenty of other people's paranormal experiences. Hotel Del Coronado historian Gina Petrone said that Kate's initials have appeared on the ceiling of her, of the room many Ooh. times. That's creepy. Other guests have said they felt like fingers were touching their cheek at night. I'll
0: massage your scalp. <laughs> yeah, maybe.
1: Wait, was the maid
0: is the maid's room now a guest room or is it still maid quarters or whatever. It's a guest room. So it's a guest room now. Yeah. Why Do they speculate why the maid's room is more haunted?
1: I've seen a couple places in a couple articles like, oh, the maid allegedly disappeared after Kate Morgan died oh. or she was found hanging in her room. So there's
0: some some stuff that went there maybe.
1: Yeah. I just did find that strange that these paranormal investigators from 92 were like... That's not the haunted room. It's the maid's room. Right. That's haunted.
0: Well, what if that maid's room was always haunted and then it haunted Kate or it possessed her or something? Ooh. That's a good theory.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like maybe
0: that was the room all along and she got taken under the spell. That's a good
1: twist. Yeah. You should write movies. (laughs) That's no, I really like that twist.
0: That would be the good twist, right? Because you think it's her the whole time and then you find out at the end. It was it's something not. else all along. Oh, that's scary. Should
1: we go to this hotel?
0: Yeah, I was just thinking we should go. Also, I was going to suggest we go to the Queen Mary. I've never been. I've never been either. Maybe we can do a haunted thing this month. Haunted boats. I heard that Queen Mary is really scary.
1: They obviously do like annual Halloween stuff there. It's like a very big Halloween destination. Right. It's a, it's a boat hotel, right?
0: Uh, I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure can if you, you can stay, stay on it or just visit and maybe there's a restaurant or something.
1: I'm sure we've had listeners stay there or, or visit there. I Someone
0: mean. just mentioned it to me and they're like, it's really haunted. You can feel it.
1: Really? Yeah. Cause I can feel it.
0: Well, this person is also like a believer.
1: I'm a believer. So
0: she was like, no, it's really, you can feel it the minute you go in. It's very creepy.
1: This is why I need to go with you because you're <laughs> the skeptic on the show. Yeah. Because I'm too much of a believer that I I'll, I'll get like an anxiety attack, so I need. You so if to, you're with
0: someone who's also that way, you'll just feed off of each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. I need someone to talk me down and be like, "Oh, calm down, <laughs>
0: calm down." But then that's what happens in the movie. Then the skeptic get, gets killed first. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're right.
0: Right. Yeah. So something horrible we, happens to them.
1: You're right. We're gonna have to figure this out.
0: Um, but yeah, I think it would be fun to do something. Maybe not too touristy, or yeah. maybe we can find something else that's more low key. We
1: should find a haunted place that isn't like on all the haunted lists. That's like an like,
0: attraction, not a non-attraction. Type a deal. non-attraction
1: yeah. where it's just like, oh, that hotel has really bad vibes. Yes, we
0: can do a live show. We can from find there. something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I would want to go to the Coronado. I think it would be I do fine. too.
1: I'd like to see it. Oh, our final addendum to this episode. I found a menu from the Hotel Del Coronado from nineteen hundred. So six years after Kate Morgan died. Yeah. But just a little taste of what Maybe that's what she ate while she was there. We don't know. I don't know how often they change their menu. Actually, I think they change their menu seasonally because I saw another one that was slightly different from this time. But here is the lunch menu from the Hotel Del Coronado from 1900. Grape nuts. That's (gasps) the top of the menu. Wow! Did they have grape
0: nut cereal then? I guess... I think that Kellogg's existed for a long time, right? They so, probably did. right around that time that Presenting they were, they were doing those. That was probably like their big get, right? It was a new cereal.
1: I think people in this era had such poor palates that they were like, mmm, delicious. Well, cereal,
0: you know, we're in a golden age of cereal. When it first was invented, (laughs) there was only a few, few options. Right. So it was probably very exciting. You had grape nuts, you had cornflakes, right? Like raisin bran probably or something. (laughs) So then it was like, wow. But I have to confess, I kind of like grape nuts. I do. They're
1: like bird pellets.
0: It's really good to me, but I did throw up once after eating it. So now I can't have that again. Wait, really? (laughs) It just. It wasn't unrelated to the grape nuts, but But, that was very that came up awful.
1: The associations. That was not
0: a good throw up. It was it was thick.
1: (laughs) Ew! It wouldn't
0: come out, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking
1: choke. I just (laughs) I I just imagine the throw up from grape nuts is like the same as when a cat throws up kibble. It was literally like a log. I'm not kidding. It was I'm the most, be sick. it was sickening.
0: I'm gonna sick. And that's why sick. I can't have them anymore. This is
1: the Halloween episode.
0: No, this is it scary. Was very it was my closest moment to being a cat.
1: <laughs> Did you go? <laughs> it was a
0: it was not a pleasant throw up because it was very active. Because I was like, I can't get this
1: shit out. It was Ew. a liquid. Ew. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's what's, here's what's on the menu of the Hotel Del Coronado. Grape nuts, steamed clams. They love steamed clams. That's like on
0: every old menu. Always. And steamed Always. clams is like, that's like
1: a weird word combo. <laughs> I don't know what it is. What, who is the deranged person who ordered steamed clams with the side of grape nuts? Yeah. They want both.
0: They're like, I need some fiber.
1: And some clams. Yeah. No. Consomme in cup. There's always a consomme. Consomme is big. On these Edwardian slash Victorian menus, I always see consomme.
0: I think it was used almost like a palate cleanser right. type deal. Uh, it was something you would get to kind of maybe also settle your stomach or like whatever.
1: Did you ever go to the Rotunda restaurant at Neiman Marcus in San Francisco? No. Okay. I used to go there. And
0: get consomme. As a
1: kid. No. At the Neiman Marcus restaurant, it was called the Rotunda, for an appetite well, not an appetizer, but like instead of bread that came to the table, they served popovers with strawberry butter and regular butter and a cup of consomme and a cheese cracker.
0: Ooh, and I've, that was free. I've been to places that give you pop opers with strawberry butter. Mm. It's so good. It's so good. That's like a that's like a top tier restaurant. Yeah. But the consomme is I do think it was like a, a, a like a digestive, like it got right. your it got your juices flowing or whatever.
1: Oxtail a la anglaise. Okay. Fried pompano, which is a fish. Right. Broiled spring chicken. Baked pork and beans Ooh. with Boston brown bread. Ooh, that sounds good. This sounds good. Corn fritters in maple syrup. <gasps> Ooh. We should make that. I,
0: saw, I just saw a corn fritter recipe and I was like, that looks so good.
1: I love a corn fritter. Me too. Ribs of beef, ham, head cheese, no, corned beef, pork and beans, lamb, sardines, Pickled lamb tongue. This is like the meat of the 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised there isn't mutton on here. Pickled pig's feet. Pickled tripe. Kippered herring. Wild boar's head. And turkey. Hmm. Frozen eggnog. Hmm. Shrimp salad. There's no organization on this menu. These are just like all together. Frozen eggnog, shrimp salad, hot biscuit with honey, mm. floating island, graham wafers. Graham crackers had like just come out. Yeah, that was like, ooh. If you're horny, eat I graham already crackers. Want, I want
0: the frozen um, eggnog. eggnog and I want um, the
1: biscuit with honey. Compote of quinces, preserved pitted cherries, currant jelly, peaches, plums, snowflakes, it just says snowflakes.
0: That's got to be something.
1: Cottage and American cheese. God. <laughs> buttermilk, lemonade. See, they have a glass of buttermilk on the menu. Yeah.
0: This is a very old-fashioned menu.
1: Tea, coffee, chocolate.
0: I'm getting, I'm getting the baked beans with brown bread. I think that sounds really yummy.
1: Yeah, I'm, getting, I'm ordering the baked beans with brown bread, the corn fritters and maple syrup.
0: And, I'll get the biscuit.
1: And you get the biscuit and honey. And we'll share. Because
0: that would be a good hearty meal when you're on the veranda and it's chilly, Mm. you know? Yeah. And you're going to dip that brown bread in the beans. That sounds good. That sounds hearty. Um, Weird menu though. Totally weird. Because there's like a lot about 15 meats I would never put in my mouth.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of head cheese. I don't like a lot of those meats. I don't like it.
0: I don't want pickled tripe. I don't don't want uh, any of that.
1: And that's our story, 1408 and the Hotel Del Coronado.
0: Is the movie scary? Yeah, I think it's
1: scary. Okay. I like it.
0: I mean, I'm going to watch it for sure. I was trying to watch some horror movies. I'm just... uh it's hard it's it's hard to like really focus on that cuz i'll just not have time and then i just get off track like to watch a horror movie every day i just i'm not going to put pressure on myself Don't, just watch when i
1: want you should i i enjoyed like it might not be for you but i enjoyed it it was a fun movie i think it it's creepy yeah, no, it sounds good. It was, I like
0: paranormal horror movies. I think
1: you'll like this, especially because it's it's not only is it creepy, but it's
0: weird too. I also like Samuel L. Jackson. He's great. He's in funny in everything. He's, He's great. always
1: good. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna um, do we're gonna do our after show right now. That's up on patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene, and we will be back later this week for a mini episode. And Bye. we'll post a pic. Do we'll we have post some pic- of it. We'll okay. have a picture. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Ready? Okay.